Well, a year has passed since the decision has been made for UCLA to go to the Big Ten. What does that mean as the Bruins are a year away from moving into the Big Ten? And where is the Eric Freeney decision for UCLA basketball? Is that coming? We'll talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. Become an everyday listener of this podcast because you can't miss all this fun. We're having a Locked On UCLA. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for all your supports. And, hey, the end of June is already upon us. We're already in July of 2023 isn't that nuts football season's just around the corner and we got everything and all the fun stuff in between where i want to start with this locked on ucla episode and depending on when you watch this or listen to this it may be past the date but june 30th marks the year anniversary when the news occurred that ucla and se are officially going to the big 10 which is a year in right now a year from now they'll be moving into the big 10 so I want us to sit here and think, what were our thoughts initially when we heard this news that the Bruins and Trojans were both walking hand-in-hand, bitter rivals together, but unified towards one effort to leaving the Pac-12 to going to the Big Ten? Martin Germain, who made a big move in just the early parts of his, still, I guess, start of his second, end of his first year tenure as the athletic director of UCLA, he will be getting and finishing three years as the AD, and he made a big move for UCLA. But let's reflect, right? My initial thoughts when they went and announced that, absolutely stunned. I remember getting a text, trying to get more information about it. Of course, this was before we relaunched the Locked On UCLA podcast, so I would have loved to give my reactionary thoughts then. They probably would not have been as positive as they were now. But while it all makes sense, what Martin Germain, UCLA, what they're trying to do, what they're doing, what they're wanting to be proactive in doing in not getting left behind like the Pac-12, but moving forward and jumping into this new era of, era of, call, era of college football and college athletics and beyond, I wasn't too happy. Of course, if you ask my friends and family, anybody you can tell me, they would tell me I dislike change. So I did not at all like the move in the beginning and then you dive in and you read more articles you try to open up your mind and while i still of course the the traditionalist in me does not like this whatsoever you would like to keep it how it is you can think about travel and since i've broadcasted before i can see firsthand how the travel will and can affect the fan experience for the better and for the worse most importantly the student athlete experience coaching everything in between and how they can be competitive moving forward, going back and forth every other week, it's going to come down to a very important move that the Bruins will make, a big pivot, right? Because then you saw Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC, UCLA, and also to an equal degree, USC, saw this opportunity to move. They still keep this important crosstown rivalry while jumping into a new age where they say, we're not getting left behind. The Pac-12 doesn't even have a media deal yet. 
and we're talking about this years la- a year later. The Big Ten's already re-upped and redone their media deal. The Bruins and Trojans will be knowing how much money. We've talked about that way before on Locked On UCLA, but the Bruins will be getting a lot of money to help invest what that additional $12 million that they'll invest, invest in nutritional support, the mental health, the travel with charter flights that can help reduce the travel time, helping focus more on the student-athletes and additionally so, and also as Martin Germain in an AP News article, which he talked about, we wanted to go into a deep dive of how to get competitive with these other Big Ten teams and also what they're doing is to like the, the big thing that they're trying to do specifically is eat at that athletic deficit. So he wanted to be flexible. He, in his mind, is saying this UCLA athletics program overall has been ex- had an extremely competitive year for the first time in six years in his mind since before COVID. You had two team national championships, an individual national championship, an NCAA singles for women's tennis. who I hope I say her name correctly, and the Bruins won six conference titles, men's basketball, unbeaten at home, football was exciting for the majority of the year, all these other things that he brought up, but the Bruins proactive, making things happen, and eating at that deficit for what their athletic deficit was because of the Under Armour deal. I was trying to look at the Martin Germain quote. I just can't find it at this moment, but that was one of the things the Bruins are trying to do, financial, flexibility, and move into the new age and make them into an important new competitive sports university while still maintaining that iconic academia sense that UCLA brings to the table. It's a day and age, and by this time next year, it'll be very strange saying goodbye to all Pac-12 rivals. Heck, maybe the Pac-12 will even crumble and fold by this time next year, or maybe they'll grow, right? San Diego State all of a sudden, was thinking about leaving. Now they're not at this moment, or maybe not just yet. Who knows what the current Pac-12 will look like next year if more teams join the Big Ten and it just turns into Big Ten West, which is the former Pac-12. There's a lot still that will happen, whether this is a failed move or the most brilliant moves, one of the most brilliant moves in UCLA athletics history. Of course, I don't like change. I like traditional. I like having a little mini rivalries you know, a Stanford, a Cal, as much as we like to poke fun at those schools. It's fun keeping those close. I like going to play the Arizona schools, even Utah and Colorado, with Colorado just becoming a little more fun. Utah getting competitive as they've moved up to a Power 5 level. Even the likes of Oregon, Oregon State, of course, Washington, Washington. We're going to miss all those schools playing and the easy travel and everything. But when when the West Coast seemingly got left behind, especially in important college College sports, the the money making sports. Dare I say it? Uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the big, a lot of the big sports. The, the West Coast isn't always represented in championship games or truly given the opportunity to succeed in the postseason. They kind of get left behind because of the East, the South, the SEC. All these, uh, the super conference that the SEC has become, the Big Ten, which it will become a super conference when at UCLA and SC join, and if they even add more teams. They wanted to make sure they weren't left behind. And the Bruins said, we're making this move. And this is a pivot point, right? I remember talking about last year when we started posting episodes on YouTube, one of the biggest moves in UCLA football history was them transitioning away from the Coliseum and into the Rose Bowl. And that led to a string of success 
beating SC, getting to the Rose Bowl itself, the Rose Bowl game, simply by leaving the Coliseum and getting their own home venue, which now is a debate almost 40 years later, ironically, for different reasons. Here we are talking the move to the Big Ten, which will be a much debated topic. I'm in favor of it. I don't like it. This does not mean the same thing. I don't like many things, but it is an important move that needed to be made. And how it works, whether it just falls flat in their face, only time will tell. And we get to wait a year. The countdown market begins, but we have a lot of exciting UCLA content and everything in between as we get to reflect on this last upcoming year against Pac-12 foes, longstanding rivalry matchups notwithstanding with USC. All the other games will be slowly coming to an end. They might become non-conference opponents year in and year out, but it won't be the same as a fun trip to a Seattle, a Berkeley, a Palo Alto. The list goes on for the Pac-12 schools. A lot of the Pac-10, even Pac-8 schools, if you go back in and shrink the conference a little bit, it's been a fun time and a fun ride. But Martin Germain heading into year three, making big moves. The Bruins are investing. They're doing their best to invest, right? They had to get through the, all the drama of the UC Regents and now here we are getting the approval, moving to the Big Ten, and a year has passed and everything has lined up. The Big Ten schedule rotation has been released for 24 and 25, making this move look even more realistic and important. And there's really no other words to say until we're sitting there in a conference game playing at the Big House. That just hasn't hit me yet. It just doesn't seem right. It seems awesome, especially as a college football enthusiast. All of us should be, especially as UCLA fans, all the fun bucket list trips, especially the Michigan one that got stripped away from us because they canceled those games this year and last year. It'll be fun, and we can't wait for it, and we'll be with you every step of the way, which is why you should stick with Locked On UCLA, especially as we transition to segment two. What's going on with Class of 24 recruiting for UCLA basketball? Should they have their first commit commit by now? We'll talk about uh, Eric Freeney and what's going on with that situation or what could be going on as we take a look at him coming up in Segment 2 on Locked On UCLA. Now we're going to tell you more about FanDuel Sportsbook because, hey, the Major League Baseball season is in full swing, mid-season form. You want to go to America's number one sports book because taking your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel gets 10 times, you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you will land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You can bet everything from money line to over under. You can get paid instantly. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use the FanDuel app. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball, and with us here at Locked On. Cruising on into segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast, as I teased at the end of segment one, I was talking about earlier in the week, not too long ago, the Bruins coming off this section seven recruiting, the big news that Ivo Samovich has left to die tomorrow. We're expecting some form of news as we drift into July, later into August, as the Bruins have that foreign trip, the, the overseas international trip coming up. We do expect Mara to be a Bruin. Even Burke Buyangtuchel, who is a Turkish product, we expect him to be either 
trying to be a Bruin. There's been little hidden tidbits of he's basically there, still getting through admissions. I know you guys are throwing your opinions in the comments. And then the Bruins offering someone in the class of 24 from the Section 7 tournament, Mick Cronin looking at the top prospects in the class of 25. But someone who just took his official the week before, Eric Freeney, who has been going back and forth trying to make his decision about which university is the best for him, a three-star, depending on which composite rankings you'd use, is someone who Mick Cronin thinks might fit the mold as a UCLA recruit. I've been looking at different things. 24-7 Sports has UCLA as maybe his top priority. They haven't made a crystal ball or a prediction just yet saying he's warm and leaning to UCLA possibly. He was interviewed in a previous week, last week in Glendale, Arizona. I believe it was Bro Report who was interviewing him. He did not give away any sign he was going anywhere. He did say his decision as of the recording of this podcast a week ago was imminent. A week has passed. No decision has been made. He's only made an, an official to UNLV. That was before the UCLA visit. And then I started looking up going to the Rivals website as opposed to the 24-7 sports website. And Rivals actually has a somewhat crystal ball, quote-unquote, future cast of Franey going to Cal and has Cal as the favorite with him with an article written earlier in June as him getting a lot tighter with Cal. And I'm not sure if that shifted or truly giving a lot of impact to UCLA's hosting of Eric Franey, who could be a, a top 24, their first uh, first class of 24 commit as the Bruins look to shore up this year's roster, coaching staff, and the future all in one fell swoop here in the summer as they begin to transition to the Big Ten. I thought Franey's been leaning towards UCLA, but it's interesting how a week has come and gone. If you remember kind of the football side of things, they only had one decommit. That was Ethan O'Connor, football-wise. Now shifting to basketball, they're trying to get someone to commit in Freeney, and he's trying to keep his options open. He's not a big, big-time recruit, especially with the Bruins going after these international guys time in and time again. And yet for Mick Cronin and company, they haven't been able to get Freeney to pull the trigger. I'm not sure if it's a big show. You know, Some kids like to make a big recruiting video, big show, big release, or maybe he's weighing all his options. He's got plenty and plenty of time, but it's been a week since he said, my decision based on what he said in that video is coming around the corner, but it's up every kid. Every kid has the opportunity to make that decision when they're ready. But it is interesting how the different sites have him listed or leaning towards one current Pac-12 school or another. Of course, they're both being the UCs and is UCLA possibly not going to get another recruit? Remember last year, last recruiting cycle, they were in on quite a few domestic recruits, or a lot of them, and they didn't get them. They didn't go after some of them, or they did, and they didn't always win them. It could be debated as to how good the recruiting class is, especially domestically, not including the international guys, because they're still finishing up this year's class, which we've been talking about for a whole year now, and we're still looking for that first commit for the future season. So we'll wait for Freeney's decision. It should be coming soon, or maybe he's going to extend it with more new players getting in the game, trying to get their hands in and ruin a potential pickup for UCLA. If that's even where they're looking at right now, maybe they just have all focus on, hey, we're going to 23-23-23. We need to fill up two spots, technically now, and a coaching spot. That's where all the focus is for McCronin as we wait for a UCLA potential commit or non-commit 
to make his decision, which would be fun to see. 24 commit a line of UCLA basketball news heading into July in a Diamara. There's been no update yet officially. Berkey William Tuchel is, as Bro Report would call him, the unidentified basketball player they're recruiting who did mention UCLA in an article back in December that he is the he was looking at UCLA and said no to them earlier. Maybe he's rethought his process. And Ivo Samovich leaving, it's just a whole swirling, I don't want to say circus, but it's a lot in the head of Mick Cronin right now to really get a hand on, a grasp of, while they're a year away of moving to the Big Ten and trying to understand what that all means while pitching that to parents and making that his recruiting pitch without one of his key recruiters on his staff any longer. That's a big thing going on for UCLA basketball right now, and we'll see how that plays out throughout the rest of the summer. In the meantime, UCLA football, they got some props. Someone said they might be a good program like one of a previous decade, and they're building up to that. Who is that program, and what will UCLA potentially look like? I'll tell you that in a moment to wrap up Locked On UCLA. Last segment of Locked On UCLA podcast, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer with you guys. And most importantly, I was reading something from On3, how a quote-unquote anonymous coach in college football was mentioning, as I did kind of last episode for UCLA's team with Chip Kelly and company, Dante Moore, whoever it is at quarterback, that they're a very interesting 23 team. We don't entirely know what they are expected, what we're expecting from UCLA this year. It could be very high, they could be low, they could meet exact expectations, but it's hard to pin what this team could be But in terms of building something, a year out from the Big Ten, an anonymous coach said, maybe it's a hot take, but if they keep building, they're going to become what Stanford was a few years back, this coach said. They're not USC, and I think they're figuring out how to be something else in L.A. It's a strong academic school that still wants to be successful in football, and if you can find that balance, you can do something special in the Pac-12 as that you can put in parentheses, and then the Big Ten moving forward. So as an anonymous coach, putting some love on what UCLA could be doing. Think, Remember what Stanford was, right? I know Shaw just stepped down, and they've really fallen in hard times as of late. But you know, jumping with Jim Harbaugh, continuing with Shaw, the Bruins couldn't beat the Cardinal. They could not chop down that tree for a long time until Chip Kelly did it not too long ago in – in the last couple of years as the Bruin, or I believe last year, one of those two years when, when the Bruins finally got over the hump and beat Stanford, a team who they just simply couldn't beat, a very good program who is beating and ruining Oregon's chances to a Rose Bowl or Pac-12 title game, or even getting to a national championship game, whether it was the BCS title or a college football playoff, or maybe Stanford was on the precipice, right? Remember the Gerhardt years, the Andrew Luck years. And I know I'm just throwing out players and everything, but Stanford, during that long run from the late 2000s to early 2010s, maybe not so much into the early 2020s, that they were a very competitive, solid football program. And UCLA, very prestigious academic school, a public school, one that can maybe accept a bit more transfers, a little different Chip Kelly's day and age now, but he can bring in more guys, bring in more transfers, and his offense is up to date where Stanford's kind of fell off the map so maybe by nature, by the by virtue of Chip Kelly being an offensive wizard, as we all expect him to be, 
and now building something that we've seen go from the ground up after the end of the Jim Moore years into now the what mid-tier of what could be a long tenure for Chip Kelly. He's built something, and as everybody will say, better year in, year out, and finally playing in a bowl game for the first time in six years, technically the second straight year where the Bruins were eligible and made a bowl game, considering the one the year before was canceled. So it's a lot of good things considering an anonymous coach on an article written by Dan Morrison on the on through website saying, Hey, the Bruins will be like that Stanford program. And if they are, Hey, all you got to do is make the top 12 to make the college football playoff in now future years as that expands and gets crazier with the Bruins moving to the big 10. And I know that's interesting timing, but if the Bruins can go get those bigger linemen, right? Stanford would used to be, Big, tall, strong, strong, tough. Un, un, nobody could stop their run game. If the Bruins continue to do that by getting top tailbacks, getting an imposing offensive line, having a strong defense like that Cardinal team did while dealing with the academic rigors of being a premier institution, utilizing the portal more than Stanford really wanted to because the Bruins have said, hey, hey, we will go after the portal. We don't necessarily, especially football-wise, Always, according to most fans, even though they're very popular, I've always brought out those big game boomers or those analytics talks, but to prospects, sometimes they don't view UCLA the first time as the the right choice, but then they see after a year or two at a different place where they made big moves at a different level or they want to go and transfer to UCLA. We've seen Chip Kelly develop talent and make that a landing point, a destination for players who are on the rise or looking for a new home and succeed in Westwood slash Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, you mix that ability to hit the NIL market, to use the transfer portal, the Big Ten money, the Big Ten pizzazz, all that exposure they're going to get on national television, even if they play a lot of those late West Coast games at 7, 7.30 at night Pacific time, you add in the ability to bring in players and this idea that they might become a very good, consistent program, all of a sudden, hey, this could be a really fun time. And that's encouraging someone's thinking like UCLA like that. Maybe they're three steps ahead in their thinking process, seeing what Chip Kelly is planting and recruiting, which we're still learning as fans, even myself learning how they're building, what they're building. But the Dante Moore was a, a signifying shift in the right direction, we hope. DTR helped bring this program from almost the ground floor, one of the laughing stocks of college football, to a near 10-win team last year, a competitive team the year before, an entertaining team in the COVID year in 2020 when they could have easily been a much better record than they had with all those wacky late-game finishes. So as much as we want to hamper on Chip Kelly, good things looking around on the horizon. Big 10, all the UCLA football is building and building. It's an interesting time, and again, time will tell. Time will tell from here until next year, right? That's why they give Chip Kelly that extension, to give him time to tell these recruits we're building something. Will it be as good as that Stanford run was in the last decade, almost 10-plus years, close to it, from Harbaugh to Shaw? Will it look like something similar but different in Westwood? It very well could. It very well could because the college game has completely changed, and I think Chip Kelly – is a step ahead, at least in his own way, in a different mindset. It used to be the offense. Now it's hitting the portal harder and harder and harder than most other teams in his own unique way.
that's where I'm going to leave you off with Locked On UCLA. That's the last June episode. Now it's July episodes, and we'll wait for recruiting updates, updates on Adaimara, on Berge Buyang Tunchel, any future recruits or commits for UCLA basketball, and more thoughts on UCLA football as we drift closer to fall camp and the start of the season. We're closing in on the two-month mark of the start of college football for UCLA against Coastal Carolina. That's exciting in its own right. That's why we need an eight-clap to end this Locked On UCLA episode. Get your hands up, Bruins fans. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. U-C-L-A. Fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer signing off. Go Bruins.